Welcome to the program. It's a Friday night. We've got a lot of great things to talk about. I, I assume they're great, although some of them are quite disturbing. Um, but before we get into this with any real detail or uh, any depth, I do want to send out our condolences and our thoughts and prayers with the Capitol Police uh, that were injured, oh. one injured, one killed today when a, uh, a man drove a car into them. And I think these details are a little bit sketchy still. But apparently what happened is he drove a car into them, tried to break through a barrier. Uh, he killed one of the officers, injured one of the other officers, and then he jumped out of the car with a knife and he was shot dead uh, during that attempt to do whatever he was trying to do. It's been determined that the uh, individual's name is Noah Green or was Noah Green. He, they think he lived in Virginia. They think he was from Indiana. And on his Facebook page, it notes that he's a follower of the uh, Nation of Islam. Britt, this is a, not a great way to start the weekend. You know, and as, as tragic as all of that is, it also makes me concerned that uh, we're going to see more fortifications. But more police, more barricades, more razor wire, more fortifications. You know, the military complexes, that is the U.S. Capitol. Uh, I just fear that it's going to become permanent. Yeah, permanent, which is not uh, its not very inviting to us as citizens of this great country or guests, tourists that are coming. I mean, they may as well go to, you know, Mogadishu. I mean, it's like coming into a military compound. But, you know, Washington, D.C. is a target. It's a target from both sides because this guy is obviously from the other side of the tracks compared to the uh, Trump supporters because when this first happened, uh, I was watching it live, and the media was talking about how it was a white mega Trump supporter before they had any information. That's the road they were going down. And and then finally there was a, a video caught the, the suspect. Oh, wait, it's a younger black man, so they kind of shut up. Check this out. So Facebook has already completely wiped all presence of Noah Green's Facebook profile. So fortunately, some some reporters were able to get screen captures, but now we have big tech. Because this doesn't doesn't fit the narrative, because it wasn't a white nationalist mega Trump red hat wearing uh, person. Because if it was that, this would be blown up everywhere. Facebook would be have would be would be pushing it out for everybody to read this horrible profile. But because this is a is a is a sadly a a mentally troubled young man, they gotta they gotta squash that. They gotta hide that. They have nothing to see over here. Uh, and this is the, this is really starting to piss me off because if we can't get the truth as civilians, how can we as citizens? How can we how can we make informed decisions? And how can we expect people to not just lose their shit when you're kept in the dark all the time? People make crazy decisions when they don't have all the information. I'm sorry, JV, I didn't mess up on you. No, it's okay. I was just going to say that you know uh, many. Republican politicians have been saying that, and, and maybe many conservative talk show hosts have been saying that, you know, all of this stuff that's happening, this effort to shut conservatives out of the public hall uh, square, the com public conversation, the public discourse, shut them out of their uh, of what's happening legislatively in the Senate and the House, shut them out of the White House. All this silencing of the other side that the Democrats are doing to the Republicans and the conservatives is only getting people angry and, and, and creating extremists. Scotty, this is a way you, uh, you know, you, 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 you force people into the streets with torches and pitchforks. It, it pretty much is. You know, I am not one of those who, you know, it's funny having a conversation about the possibility of 
a revolution or a civil war or something like that, just talking about it from an intellectual point of view is something where you become targeted already. Uh, because I, uh, you know, I asked the question of my listeners, you know, what would it be like if somebody came as they did 250 years ago and knocked on your door and asked you to join the militia uh, to fight against the tyrannical government that you have? How would people react today, like maybe many of the loyalists did back then? They're, Whoa, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Um, because what you're seeing happening right now is the stuff that pushes people to, frankly, standing up against their government. And this discussion came up as an offshoot. We were all talking about the Second Amendment, which people think, oh, it's such an old, tired topic. I think it's a very uh, uh, aggressively new topic. And you're going to see a lot of that because we all know what the actual purpose of the Second Amendment was. So the question keeps coming up. Is there going to be a point where the people of this country get pushed into the corner and say, wait a minute, it might not be everybody in the country. We've got a pretty divided country on these issues. But you've got a lot of people that are going to say, this is not what we want and this is not what we were founded on and we're going to take a stand against it. What does that lead to? Do you think, JR, do, you, or do we have you now? I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. All right, JR, and just in, and quickly here, because we don't have a lot of time for this particular topic, but do you think that the way this might manifest itself, the first symptoms of what Scotty just uh, discussed or just mentioned here, would be maybe uh, a serious effort by something like Texas or Florida, more likely Texas, to secede from the Union? Is that the way this starts? Well, I tell you, there, there has already been certain states. I, I remember uh, when uh, my the, the business I worked for was going to uh, Vermont, and one of the interesting facts about Vermont was is that uh, it's like thirty five or thirty six people at that point. You know, this is ten years ago, would have voted to succeed from the union. So, you know, it was something pretty quiet back then. But uh, um, you look at the division that happened last summer. And certainly it was tolerated on the left. Um, I think you have a, a right that is fully engaged in uh, the Second Amendment. And they can only take so much, too. So uh, certainly the, uh, the, the temperature in the pot is getting turned up. Will it get to that boiling point? It has in the past. Um, and they're trying to uh, eliminate history in many regards. But uh, I, I think... I think it certainly can happen, and the more extreme things go, the more likely something like that will happen. And in a, a conservative state like Texas, there's talk of that. You know, we all heard it. And, of course, the the Civil War, the one that actually occurred here in the United States, uh, started by South Carolina seceding from the Union and other states followed suit. Um, and then uh, Abraham Lincoln at that point said, no, we're not going to allow this union to be dissolved. And uh, that's how the war was started. Um, an interesting parallel to what we're seeing happening here today. Speaking of South Carolina, we're going to move on, though. Georgia uh, obviously has recently passed what we would call voter integrity laws, uh, what the left is calling voter suppression laws. And I think it depends on your perspective as how you would see this. But the truth is being obscured through a flurry of lies from people like Stacey Abrams, from networks like CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, and others. Um, 
to the point where, again, we can't have an honest conversation about this. Lindsey Graham was on Laura Ingram's program last night and addressed this for a moment. Well, what they're doing in Georgia is requiring you to prove you are who you are when you vote by mail, which is a good idea. I want people to be able to vote robustly, easily, but I want to make sure that it's an honest vote. Robustly, easily want to make sure it's an honest vote. And yet, Major League Baseball announced today that they are pulling the All-Star game, the Major League All-Star game, out of Atlanta, saying that um, Georgia, uh, the, Georgia's new voting system is against their principles. Um, Major League Baseball has been struggling, Scotty. Uh, before the COVID, it was struggling. Obviously, the the shortened season last year because of COVID hurt baseball, and now this. Is this the final nail in baseball's coffin as America's pastime, do you think? I can't speak to that very intelligently. I'm not a big baseball fan to begin with. Uh, I was a football guy. But uh, um, mm-hmm. so I couldn't speak to what they're going to do with uh, uh, baseball. However, when the NBA, not the NBA, the uh is it the NBA? No, that's basketball. Yeah, the NBA. See, it shows you what I know about <laughs> baseball. When when the baseball organization MLB. comes out MLB. and starts MLB, there you go. What do I know? Um, as my Jewish grandmother would say, what is it that I would know? <laughs> so um, uh, when, uh, when baseball comes out and officially says, makes a statement like this, I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aren't you guys just supposed to play baseball? Right. Why are you trying to tell me or a state what they should – why should you even enter politics? You're supposed to go out there with a stick, hit a ball, catch it, earn money, and, uh, of course, entertain the fans too. And so why why do these organizations start doing this? this isn't the, I almost pulled a Joe Biden there. Why do these organizations yeah. still do this? Why do they all do this? It's because um, – uh, why are they entering into the into the political fray? I don't know why it's a because. I don't know the because of that. All I can say is it's a place where they don't really belong, but everybody's doing this now. It's like it's in vogue to come out and state where you are politically. If you're an entertainer, if you're an athlete, if you're a company, if you're oh by the way, <clears throat> you know we don't we all let our people kneel during the uh, you know and or we don't believe in the thus and so. And it's like, so what? I don't care. Play some freaking baseball. Yeah, and that is the most important point here. I mean, sports is one of these places that many of us would go to to distract from these other discussions, to to right. isolate us for at least that hour and a half, that two hours from the uh, emotional discussions that are going on on the news channels or whatever it happens to be. And you know, you you're right in one point that that it seems to be in vogue for these for these uh, groups to come out now, but they only come out on one side. They're not coming out on various yeah. sides. They're coming out on one that's, side. That's what you're seeing. Um, I just saw. Um of all people, one of my favorite actresses, for many reasons, Scarlett Johansson. She came out and she said, you can usually tell where somebody leans political by what they don't say sometimes in this whole cancel culture. She said, you know what? She says, I'm an actor. That's my job. I'm here to entertain people. I don't think my voice or any celebrity's voice should be used to state a case. Now, it's like, uh, good for instance, uh, uh, De Niro, Robert De Niro. Yeah. I used to like him until yeah. he flapped his gap off too much. And it's like, 
I don't even like watching his old films anymore. Yep. Screw him. I don't want to. I don't want to watch him. Yeah. I, I mean, think I, he's done that to himself for a lot of people. Yeah. And and you know, one thing when they start doing that, um, they take away from the what might be maybe it's a facade. I'm not sure what it is, but something that it would endear you to them. And all of a sudden, they start thinking that because yeah. they're a successful entertainer, that somehow they're smarter than everyone else, and their opinion is more important than everyone else. Britt, I'm going to. Uh, move on and then get your reaction to both of these things. But in addition to MLB taking a stand on this, Apple CEO Tim Cook joins the chorus of CEOs complaining. Cook says that voting in this modern age should be easier than ever. So I guess my question here is, do, do people like Tim Cook who think that technology is a good thing and we should be using it for things like voting, would they agree to facial recognition in those votes? Would that be okay? Well, they would be okay with that because they'll manipulate it to do whatever the hell they need to do. Here's the deal. Right. Read the damn bill. It's only eight freaking pages, I think. It's very short. Um, so all, this, all of the stuff that happened in Georgia for the pandemic was all temporary, one time only boxes, early voting, all this stuff. What the bill just did is it, and Republicans compromised a lot. Uh, each county can have, uh, uh, depending on their population, but it's about 32 boxes, drop-in boxes, but they can't be, they have to be kind of manned. So they, they can only be open during the hours of early voting, which is now officially 14 days in Georgia before there was none. Uh, so it's 14 days official. Uh, you have drop-off boxes. You can do mail-in voting. You don't even have to re have a reason. You can fill out the application for any reason. I want mail-in voting. And that's a compromise from what, what, what was. And the only thing that has blown up the system is that they put in a little caveat. Oh, if you're going to fill out this application, you got to prove who you are with ID. And that's it. Just ID, photo ID. And again, I'm going to go back to what I said a couple shows ago. If you think that a black man or woman is too stupid to figure out how to get an ID, you are a racist and you should be canceled and put down like a lame dog. That's what should happen to you. Now, real quick, JV, I do have a poll right here. Uh, voter ID just came out. It's uh, from the AP. 72% of all Americans want some form of voter <laughs> ID. That's 72, uh, let's see, 72% uh, of independents want voter ID, 91% of Republicans want voter ID, and even 56% of Democrats want voter ID. So this crap that the freaking tech giants, the elites, the the, the politicians and lobbyists in, in D.C. who want to keep their power are full of bull caca. The reality is the American people want freaking voter ID. Stop lying to us, CNN. Stop lying to us, MSNBC, ABC, The Washington Post, The New York Times, and every other freaking whack job CEO that runs a big company. Screw you, voter ID. Um, mm -hmm. and I yield my time back. <laughs> And the point is very well. The point is very well taken. Uh, you know, we hear these choruses of all oh, the restricting voting uh, drop boxes and all this. Those drop boxes didn't exist before the emergency measures taken that were enacted because of the COVID pandemic. They were new last year. There were no laws, regulations, restrictions that managed or governed the way those things were handled. That's why this legislation was so important to establish those rules. This is all about fairness, and it's all about, you know, if somebody cheats in an election, you have just disenfranchised a legitimate voter. 
That's what about their rights? That's important too. And now you've got, you know, companies like Coca-Cola who just got done with a whole critical race theory training for their employees. Now Coca-Cola has harsh words for this Georgia action and they're a Georgia, they're an Atlanta company. And uh, so at this point, I'm no longer going to be buying Coke products. I am no longer going to be watching MLB. And I want you to um, take a listen to what Lindsey Graham said about this particular uh, company and, and what they're doing. Number one, these CEOs are full of crap. They're running scared. Uh, Georgia is trying to make sure that everybody can vote legally. Georgia has a 17-day early voting period, including weekends. Delaware, where President Biden's from, has no early voting. You don't have to have a reason to cast an absentee ballot in Georgia. You just want to. So you can vote robustly in Georgia, but now you got to prove you are who you are. And that's driving the left crazy because it's harder to cheat. JR, do these companies genuinely mean these things they saying, or are they trying to hedge their bets? You know, we're going to be part of the in crowd a little bit here. Just we'll give them a little bit of lip service and then it'll all blow over. We'll keep selling our Diet Coke to people. Or are they genuinely woke? Are they, which is it, or is it both? I, I, I firmly believe that as public companies, their regulators or the people that they uh, certainly have to respond to um, want to see, you know, companies that seemingly are mainstream. And mainstream means politically correct. And I've seen it personally um, that were, you know, companies go out of their way to make sure that they can say that they were on the right side of the fence when it comes to some of these things. I, you know, have they read the bill? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do they uh, two, want two, to read the bill? Two, I don't know. They just want to be on the right side, what they think is right. Sorry, Britt. Go ahead. I'm just going to say two CEOs admitted that they did not read the bill. Yeah. But yet they still came out against it. Yeah. No, what they're doing is they're taking the talking points. They're listening to CNN. They're believing Stacey Abrams. They're believing Jim Clyburn. They're believing these people who are out there saying this is an effort. Clear, they're, they're, they act as though there's no debate about this. This is an effort to suppress black votes, which is just it's just ludicrous. Um, here's a couple more quick cuts from Lindsey Graham about this. And Britt, I want to get your reaction. To Delta, to Microsoft, to uh, Coca-Cola. What do you think about H.R. 1? Are you okay with H.R. 1, where redistricting will be done at the federal level, not the state level, where ballot harvesting will be the law of the land, that we will obliterate voter ID laws? If H.R. 1 passes corporate America, you're screwed beyond belief. You're the dumbest CEO in the history of America, because if H.R. 1 becomes law, ballot harvesting will be the law of the land. States will be run by the most liberal people in Washington. There'll be a federally funded elections. Redistricting will be done by liberal Democrats. The Federal Election Commission will be partisan. If you think that's a good deal for corporate America or hardworking Americans, then you're crazy and you need to be fired. Yeah, it's clear that, that not only have these CEOs, particularly the CEO of Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines, didn't read what the Georgia law really states, haven't really, uh, with any type of critical analysis, considered what the law does. And it actually protects a lot of expanded voting that didn't exist before. In addition to that, they don't know what's in H.R. 1, yet they're throwing their support behind H.R. 1 in a soft way at this point, Britt. Yes, and H.R. Uh, uh, 1 is 880-something pages long with a whole bunch of crap in there. 
uh, if they didn't read the eight page voters bill, they're definitely not going to read this. Um, I, I really think the problem is, is that these CEOs are at such a high level of income of class, so to speak, that they run around in a bubble that's way above my pay grade because I am just a blue collar hammer swinging dude now. Um, and that's all I do every day is swing a hammer and deal with people that are just, you know, in my same class uh, because I work on rental apartments and rental homes. And uh, these CEOs have no idea what it's like for us. And you're right, JB, they get these talking heads. Oh, Stacey Abrams, she's so, she's on she's on TV. I got to listen to her. She's, she know, you know, and, and she's a double minority. So we don't want to offend her. So whatever you want, because please don't cancel me because I want to be I, I mean, I'm with your group. So, you know, take all these other people out first and I'll figure out how to serve. It's going to come for them. That's what these freaking people don't realize. The cancel culture will come for you eventually. It always does. Um, and I, I don't know, JV, but if, if I was on the board, I would, uh, you know, here's another thing, voter ID. They, no, voter ID is no good. But, hey, you know what it takes to get into this, uh, the Coca-Cola shareholders meeting in June? You got to have an ID and another form of ID. <laughs> so two forms of ID to get into their, to get into their shareholders thing so you can ask questions. But, hey, but not to vote? Screw you, you yeah. fucking CEOs. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. That's just, a, that's just a soda pop company. Yep. Here's one more one more clip from this uh, Lindsey Graham discussion about uh, H.R. 1 and the Georgia law. So if you really care about the future of your business and your shareholders, you'll speak up against H.R. 1, the biggest power grab in the history of the United States. The p biggest power grab in the history of the United States. And then you've got this clown in New Jersey, uh, Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, who is uh, now trying to woo the uh, filmmakers that that have located in Georgia and particularly Atlanta to come to New Jersey, that shithole. Uh, because if, if you're upset about this law, the way I look at it is Scotty is that, you know what they should go. Cause it'll make uh, Georgia solidly red again. Well, there it is. And you know, it's funny. The, uh, the corpse isn't even cold there and the vulture is uh, swooping in on the, uh, on the Hollywood elite that are hanging out in Georgia. So, um, yeah, there's, he's seeing the business opportunity. He's an opportunist for his state. Now, maybe you could congratulate him on one thing and say kudos to you for looking out for your state. Uh, you want to bring them all to your state. And, uh, you know, maybe Georgia is saying good riddance. But I think Georgia enjoys a lot of that. So um, that might dictate a lot of their decisions. It's like I've said before on this very show when we talked about topics like this. I think when you start seeing corporations that are going in the direction of politics and making it very publicly known, like now uh, the MLS, the uh, whatever, what is it, the, the baseball MLB, MLB. There you go, MLB. And uh, uh, MLS is real estate. But uh, <laughs> right. you've got all those guys doing that. You know what the bottom line is? Why is uh, why is Mr. Potato Head being drawn off or, or, or cancel culture? Why are, is Hollywood doing certain things? Why are all these things going on? It's not because they give a rat's ass about the topic itself. Maybe you have individuals who do, but they go into their meetings and they try to figure out what's going to make us money. Is uh, Are we going to attract more buyers now because, oh, the political mood has changed this way a little bit, so we better appeal to that political mood. Disney, they're appealing. Oh, Disney's a hell of a lot of liberals in there anyway running it. For years, we've known that. and uh, But they, they put out a message that's going to appeal to the people who think that way because they think that's the majority and that majority is going to buy their shit. And so that's why they do it. It's not about caring 
about that political issue. I don't think the Baseball Association gives one rat's ass about the voting issue or the or the, the, the card issue, uh, the ID issue. What they care about is that we can maybe uh, stir up a few more bucks in seats. Well, uh, and, uh, you know. Yeah, and the, I guess they're being awfully short-sighted because they're forgetting about the fact that nearly 50% of the country completely disagrees with what they're doing. And that's going to have its own backlash. I mean, I, I may be it's, one person, but I, I'm, I'm not going to watch any baseball games and I'm not buying any Coke. The numbers don't mean anything. It's the public perception. Yeah. This whole thing is built on everything we're seeing happening right now is built on public perception. Uh, perception. Who is governing the news flow? What does the news media, and I, I hate just saying it that way, it sounds, sounds so cliche, but it's like, what did Rockefeller say a hundred plus years ago at the turn of the last century uh, about newspapers? He said, he who controls the news controls the world. And so what is the perception out there right now is what the media is telling them. And so I think it, in turn, all these corporations, all this cancel culture, all of this, it's right on the heels of what the media is telling people. And this is the people's perception of what's going on that's real out there in America. And so they're going to follow suit their state. And, at, at everyone else at everyone else's expense by the way we didn't welcome everyone to the chat room thanks for being here folks we're getting a great crowd of regulars and we appreciate that very much please like share and most importantly subscribe to the channel as we build up those numbers uh Britt, i know you wanted to talk about the border a little bit um anyway so uh the wash po um the head fact checker from the washington from the washington post uh he got caught putting out disinformation again a couple days ago so you know, I'm looking at this stuff, and so now we have some guy in the news. This is supposed to be the fact checker. This is the guy who's checking to make sure everything's factual from anybody else putting something else out in the news. And he's caught for a third or fourth time being wrong. And how are we supposed to – how are we supposed to um, uh, trust this? I mean, he's supposed to be the fact checker. So, Scotty, if, if, if this guy is supposed to be the fact checker uh, and run the fact checking operation at the Washington Post and he's wrong, who the hell's checking him? And what is the punishment for him being wrong? And that's, that's the biggest point out there. When you start appointing fact checkers uh, in a heated political, uh, diametrically opposite political spectrum that's out there uh, in, in an arena like that, you better watch out who your fact checker is uh, if you're going to do fact I don't think, frankly, I don't think we need fact checkers. I get really tired of it, at least to a certain degree. Uh, a journalist should be doing his own fact checking or he's not gonna be worth his salt. Uh, when I wrote anything journalistically, or for magazines, or for newspapers, or things like that, you know what? I had to do my fact checking. Uh, otherwise, I was the idiot. Uh, so right now, we have fact checkers because it's politically expedient to have fact checkers. Now, you look at Facebook right now, and all the social media. Do I want a select handful of, really, media, uh, uh, multimedia, not multimedia, uh, high-tech uh, oligarchs telling me what I can and cannot say. Uh, somebody put up a, a meme that I saw about masks, and uh, it was all the different things that masks don't do, and then shots don't do, and then this doesn't do. It was one of those things. And uh, uh, immediately, uh, Facebook fact-checked it, and there's a there's a tag on it. And you, know, you got to go, well, this is a not all correct 
And uh, so why do we even need these guys? And this guy at, at uh, WAPO, uh, you know what? Um, if he's wrong about his fact-checking, he should be removed from that position. Is it, is it, public. Is it really about facts, Scotty? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not it's at about, all. It's about, it's about whether or not they're upholding to certain political ideologies that the paper supports. It's not about facts. Uh, you look at Facebook. They don't care a good fly and flip about facts. I almost said naughty words there. Um, uh, they don't care about facts. They care that the facts don't, don't line up with what they want people to know. And this is one of my pet peeves, by the way, about social media, is that they attracted everybody there, billions of people using these platforms, and, uh, and you know, it was there to share your ideas and talk with your friends and so on. But now it's become, in the last few years, as we all know, what it's become. It's become a thing where you can share your ideas as long as they do not disagree with that corporation. So that corporation who enjoys the freedoms of the First Amendment and the Constitution to exist as they exist. That's right. They because right. they're a corporation. Okay. Now they don't have to they don't have to be held to the same standard because they're a corporation, not an individual. So That's not. There you go. All right. So, so the 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 article that uh, JB referenced, I found it was on the floor. Um, so I'm going to switch to that, and I'm coming to uh, to back to you, JV. So uh, the Biden administration, um, all of our kids, are, except for the open, the the God fearing, freedom loving, open states. But basically, the, the administration's policy is that we are not to be back in school right now. Our kids are to be doing this crazy, worthless Zoom stuff, etc. Except in San Diego. They're looking for teachers to volunteer to do in-person learning for the migrants that they're housing at the San Diego uh, Sports Arena and some other facilities down there. So the illegal immigrants are going to get in-person teaching, which we're going to pay for, but our kids have to stay home. JV, at what point, I mean, what can parents do? I mean, if you're not in Texas or Florida or a couple of other handful of states, how, how do I or you and you're you don't, in California? You don't, do you, don't you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. The problem is the teachers unions are uh, in the back. Well, I guess I guess it's the Democrats are in the back pockets of the teachers unions. They are very, very powerful. The kids and the children and what happens to them is, is not necessarily of importance to them. What is important to them is that they use those children as leverage to get what they want, which is more money. Yep less uh, responsibility, uh, less scrutiny, all of those things. The only solution to this all, all the way around is some type of significant voucher program where the free market can start dictating what's happened. And I know JR might have a few things to say about this too. So I'm going to yield some time to JR before I, t before I go to the next topic. Well, it's, it's, it's completely ironic that it's, it's great for in-person in teaching for these, uh, these immigrants, yet... <laughs> Yeah, the bulk of the of the of the students in those states are still at home and, and remote. I mean, it, it's 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 hidden in plain sight what's really going on here, um, but it's nuts. But in other states, like like uh, I'm in New York here, um, we have had a lot of rules that we've had to comply with. But we at the end of the day, we have local control, and fortunately, in my neck of the woods, you know we. We have not had the all-powerful, mighty union um, dictating that our kids couldn't go to school and following every uh, jot and tittle before 
you know, they were allowed to set foot in the building again. So fortunately, it's not like it is in Chicago or in San Diego or uh, or other parts of the country. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of money in education. And it, it always comes down to the two things, right? Power and money. And in New York, we pay more to educate kids than in any other place on the planet. That's a fact. You know, it costs about $22,000 per kid. You take the total budget divided by the number of kids, 22,000. Other states are under 10,000. So why is that? Well, we've got a long history of, of benefits and salaries and whatnot. I mean, we arguably have a better education than some places in the country. But uh, when you lead the world, um, I would I would uh, submit that there's probably some room to adjust the budget a touch, and, uh, and you I, know at some point it's 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 not sustainable. I would say I'd like to control my own destiny before it's a fire drill. Yeah, I would suggest that the whole education system needs to be looked at, reevaluated, reexamined, and re and um, restructured. Uh, the way we pay for it isn't fair. Uh, the amount we're paying, we're not getting the results we should get. But we'll have to save that for another day. We're going to run out of time here. We do have to talk about this uh, these, this series of comments that Joe Biden gave today in reference to his infrastructure plan, which, again, is 25% infrastructure and 75% uh, social engineering, climate change, Green New Deal, and um, other such nonsense. But Biden, um, first of all, started this particular series of comments by taking credit for the good economic news. This morning, we've learned that our economy created 900,000 jobs in March. It means the first two months of our administration has seen more new jobs created than the first two months in any administration in history. Brit. Shouldn't instead those remarks have been, I want to take a moment and thank Texas and Florida for carrying the U.S. economy on its back by opening up and uh, starting to reemploy people and uh, have, have some good commerce uh, occurring under our leadership. Shouldn't he be thanking states like Florida and Texas? Absolutely, he should. Um, now, I did I did look into the numbers. I kind of got into a, a Twitter fight with somebody, and I actually took the time to look up the numbers. The, the growth is actually kind of spread around. Uh, New York was not one of them. But California, which I can personally attest to California because I work in the heart of L.A. and various locations all over. Every, it's completely open. The government doesn't realize it, but every restaurant I see is open. They're seating people inside. Everybody's open. We're going back to work. Traffic sucks in L.A. again. No more COVID light. Um, so it is kind of spread around and it's just because people are done. We're done with this. The vaccines are out. The CDC said that, Hey, the vaccines are working, uh, clinical trials, real life data, um, is showing that if you have the vaccine, you're not going to get it and you're not going to give it. So all that hoopla that the media put us through the fear, you got to keep your mask on, do three masks, five masks, you know, go the bubble. We don't have to do that. The vaccine is working as I personally always knew it would because science before COVID, before it became scientism, um, this is what vaccines do. So here we are. So, I mean, but he's the president. So does he get credit? Yeah, he does. It's on his watch. It just is. But yes, it does. Uh, now, wait, yeah. isn't there? I just heard something uh, in the news today, and I didn't have time to really look it up and examine it, but saying something that Biden has now come out and said something about there's a new strain of COVID now that is undetectable. We can't de detect it ahead of, ahead of time. And the 
vaccine doesn't work against and all of these things he's making claims of. And yet, uh, so now, what does that mean? That's going to spin around to start having the administration again reinforcing lockdowns, reinforcing masks, reinforcing vaccine vaccine passports, which is a hot topic for me right now. And so this is, you can see the wheel already turning back around the other way. It's almost like somebody is saying, now please correct me if I'm wrong and if I'm being too cynical, but does it seem like to you, like the government is saying, we're kind of losing a grip on this, this COVID thing. It's not working as well as it did during the election. Uh, maybe we got to find out that there's a new strain that's non-detectable and we got to get everybody back into lockdown mode. And then what would be the purpose of them doing that? What? Somebody answer that, please. I said from the very beginning that all of this was just a trial run or, or a trial balloon, maybe, for similar measures in an effort to fight the next pandemic, global pandemic, which is climate change. That's how they'll define it next. And oh, uh, and yep. and this was the you know let's let's run this through. We we can we can hide behind a virus this time. See how all this works. And if if people will just go along with it, you know, blind sheep like we seem to be behaving like, uh, then we'll be able to use this for things like climate change. They're already starting to say things like that. The language is already changing to indicate yep. that that's true. Um, Jr., I want to go to you on this next point because, we again, we're going to run out of time here. But um, Biden is talking about this infrastructure plan. This is a two-bill plan. The first bill spends about $2.5 trillion. The second bill spends another $2 trillion on top of the $2 trillion that was spent by the quote-unquote American Rescue Plan. Uh, so we're talking about $6 trillion or so. dollars. And here's Biden talking about how this needs to be paid for. A chance to win the future, paid for by asking big corporations, many of which do not pay any taxes at all, just to begin to pay their fair share. This is the same old Democrat uh. song. People pay their fair share. Corporates pay, corporations don't pay taxes. Now, we keep hearing this refrain, refrain, JR, that corporations are making these giga profits but aren't paying any taxes. But if that were true on its surface, that would be tax evasion. So there's something else at play. And what they're yep. not telling you is that there are, in the existing tax laws, there are obviously ways that these corporations can use that money, transfer that money, change that money, spend that money, whatever, that makes them, if in fact they're not paying those taxes, makes them able to avoid those taxes. This isn't them trying to get away with something. This is them working within the law. Otherwise, it would be tax evasion. Yeah, I know uh, Trump took a lot of criticism over the fact that he hadn't paid taxes for a number of years. But... Guess what? There's this thing called depreciation that encourages capital investment, right? And you can depreciate. You know, uh, mom and pop stores can depreciate up to a million bucks. And that, guess what? That covers a lot of profit, you know, uh, for a number of years. So, you know, these corporations, well, I mean, Trump tried to repatriate mon money from overseas and bring it back and put it to work here. Guess what? They raise taxes. They vote with their feet again. And, you know, corporations also, they're going to pass those taxes on to who? The consumer. So you and I will pay that. And, and then the other thing that is ridiculous in my mind on this is that corporations pay, of all the tax receipts that come into the country, I don't know what the exact number, but it's like four or five hundred billion. So guess what? 
<laughs> the math isn't going to work here. We start adding a trillion here or a trillion there. Sooner or later, it's real money, right? As the joke goes. Well, you can tax 100% of their earnings, and you're not going to pay for these bills. You know, we are getting our debt level to the point it's, it's no return. So you can, you know, get political clout and uh, cover for saying oh, the big, bad corporations are going to pay for this, but they're not. There's not enough money to pay for it. And two, they're going to pass it on to us anyway. Right. You know, last I checked, one and one is two. You can't make it three. Yeah. And you're right. You know, and the, the net result of all this is that this is these policies are going to drive businesses back out of the country. To China. Yep. Um, Brett, is, Brett, one of the things that, yeah. they're, that they're not talking about, too, when they say these corporations paid no taxes, didn't pay their taxes, they don't talk about the things like the payroll taxes. And every dollar that a corporation pays an employee, it pays 7.65% in payroll taxes. That, that number actually may be higher now. I don't know if, JR, if you've got a what the payroll taxes these days. I haven't had a payroll in a right. while. I haven't a worry, had to worry about it. But at one point, it was 7.65% yeah, on every dollar. Um, in addition to that, they're paying state and local taxes. They're paying property taxes on their facilities. They're paying um, fees and regulatory fees and licensing fees. Um, these corporations are, prov are also providing tens of thousands of jobs to people who all pay taxes, not just in federal income taxes, state income taxes, local income and property taxes, school taxes. These corporations are not evil. And the other thing about them, those profits that they have, are generally returned to the shareholder in some form, whether it's an equity or in some kind of dividend payment, and the shareholder pays taxes on that. So this is a sham from start to finish. And who's the shareholders? Just people like you and me that have retirements, yep. 401ks. Yep. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, there's some hedge funds in there, some rich fat cats, but this is America. We're always going to have rich and we're always going to have poor. The trick is having that huge middle class. That's what makes us so different than everything else. Um, you know, I have no sympathy for corporations with their CEOs doing the woke crap that they're doing right now. And I am A-OK -okay with Georgia ripping the tax credit for jet fuel for Delta away from them. Although, to be honest with you, I personally believe that there should be no special specials for anybody. The tax Make a sound tax policy that everybody has to obey by and that's it but that takes power away from congress that doesn't allow them to go shake down the corporations al sharpton style hey you give me this money to my campaign or put my family member on your board at and and i'll make sure that this bill passes that you don't have to pay uh gasoline tax on the jet fuel that you buy for your jets delta wink wink nod nod make sure you pay me off and they do it the tax code is power to Congress. That's why we'll never have a flat tax. That's why they'll never simplify it. That's why it'll never be like, what did Donald Trump want to do? Or or Herman Cain or Ross Perot, get it down to a, a just a card. You you made this much, you spent this much, you owe this much, thank you very much, send in your check or we'll, you know, whatever. Um, um, that'll never happen because it takes power and control away from Congress. And Congress is full of nothing but a bunch of I'm just going to shut up before. I get in <laughs> well, but you, but you're that's the, exactly the point. Um, Congress uses tax policy, and you're going to see it. You saw it with the COVID bill already. You're going to see it with this infrastructure bill if it passes. The quote unquote tax policy included in there is all designed to socially engineer. It there is more money going to subsidize electric vehicles than there is in roads and bridges combined. Is that infrastructure? I mean, it doesn't sound like infrastructure to me. Um, 
Scotty, I don't know if you want to throw in something here before I move on uh, away from this infrastructure stuff, but this bill, I mean, these two bills are going to be coming down through the pipe in the next several weeks. Uh, these things are bank busters. Mm-hmm. The, they are. I don't know the details off the top of my head. I'd have, to, I'd have to go look up the details. But I know in general that they are. And uh, the infrastructure bill, um, this is something where, once again, I see it. I'm going to take a step backward from that and just say, these are all, this is this agenda that they are trying so desperately to push through before they've got to know they're going to have a, a little check and balance on their asses in within a couple of years. Scotty, so let, let me interrupt you. Let, let me interrupt you here just for a second because this is important. With the HR1, with the two infrastructure bills, the, the current one that's in front of us, and then the, the what I don't know what they're calling it, the human infrastructure one that's coming next, yep. um, and with all the other things that they're, they have on their radical agenda to pass through, do we have a shot at a Joe Manson or Joe, Joe Manchin standing up and saying, you know what? I'm changing parties. Oh, oh, there's a chance that that might happen. I think there's a chance that might happen. He's um, got to know that I, West Virginia I, is not on board with this crap. And he's got to know that West oh, Virginia will elect a Republican next time around. He's got to know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of that from the, the Democrats coming up over the next several months. You're going to start seeing Democrats not voting the party line. Uh, because You're already seeing a lot of that chain rattling out there that's saying, all right, I you know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna stick with that party line because the article people don't want it. What's the big thing I just heard about that? Uh, uh, there are so many Democrats against this. Oh oh, it's the uh, oh maybe you just he just shut himself off. <laughs> we just he lost him. All right, so uh, we're gonna move. We're, yeah. <laughs> he did. We're we're gonna move on. Poor Scotty is either frozen in time or something's happened there. Um, in addition to all this real nonsense that was happening in this uh, series of comments that Biden gave today. There was also some uh, other nonsense, if you will, uh, that played out here. Things like this. We need to do the hard work of building back better for good, for not just for a while, but for good. You know, he's reading these things. And he doesn't even know what he's reading. Do you think this is, JR, this is a case of him not proofreading it, or is he just getting mentally lost in the process of delivering the lines? A couple shows ago, I think you actually showed his itinerary for the day, which amounted to one thing. Yeah. Getting to the one thing, leaving the one thing, <laughs> yeah. and then going to bed. I got to believe he had plenty of time to prep. And yeah. that's, you know, it's sad, but that's the best he can do. And it, it, it's, it's, it's embarrassing to be honest. And it, it, I just, I, 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 it's like a dream, you know, I think we're yeah. going to wake up and, and it's not really the case, but uh, he really, really is struggling to articulate what I got to believe has already been prepped, prepared. Um, everything he's reading is, is, is scripted and he has to have read it before. Um, I think, I think one of uh, Trump's folks um, said he hardly ever prepped for anything. Um, yeah, I got to believe Joe preps continuously and he still can't get the words out of his mouth. Well, as but, a, uh, let me, if, yeah, I, if, I can, if I can, can I just go back to the one thing you said about mansion? 
you know, I saw that article, I mentioned it to you earlier off air about how uh, his wife has just been given some cushy job as the uh, regional economic uh, something or other, making $165,000 by the federal government. So mm-hmm. in my mind, that's a lot like a, a bribe. And I think Modern his, day I mean, right in plain sight. Yeah. And they, everybody knows he's a critical guy in the next, you know, 21 months to get their radical agenda through. And uh, it, it appears to me they bought him. Yeah, that's certainly what it looks like. Um, welcome back, Scotty. So again, just a Thanks. couple couple of things that hopefully give us a little bit of a chuckle, even though it is quite sad. Here's another moment from the comments today. That's why I proposed the American Jobs Plan on Wednesday in Pittsburgh. It's an eight-year program that invites and let me put it another way. Well, this is an eight-year program that invests in our roads, our bridges. So what he did there is he was reading along and he said invites instead of invests. You know, he can't read the, the teleprompter. He doesn't know what he's saying. The words are just, he's just repeating the words. I also, I'm going to put this back on the screen. Look at his eyes. Look at his yep. eyes. Mm-hmm. That's why I proposed the American Jobs Plan on Wednesday in Pittsburgh. It's an eight-year program that invites, and let me put it another way. Well, this is an eight-year program that invests in our roads, our bridges. Those eyes look like somebody who's about to, they look, well, they look like somebody who's about to fall asleep or lose consciousness. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not being, trying to make, make a joke here. I really honestly see that in those eyes. He looks very unhealthy and very near unconsciousness. Uh, it's, it's really strange. Here's one more of these nonsensical things that uh, he did during the comments today. We know that vaccines are safe and effective. We're vaccinating more people than any other country on earth. We also have progress on jobs and progress on vaccinations. So I thought he just said the same thing twice. Well, we know that vaccinations and we also have progress on jobs and vaccinations. Um, it's just it's just craziness. I, I love listening to, to Joe Biden speak. You can make drinking games out of it. Uh, so I hate to say it, gents, now that I got myself back in here after I went up, I got to go. Yeah, uh, I got to be somewhere at nine o'clock. We knew you had to take uh, off. Thanks so, for joining us, Scotty. Well, appreciate having you. Thanks for along. having me, guys. Put up with me. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Okay, so one more thing that I've got to cover here, Britt, is this story about uh, Congressman Matt Gates. Now, this is one of the rising stars in the Republican Party, if if you take it from purely a, you know, can he present the case well? Does he present himself well, you know, doing interviews? Does he does he present himself well in the House of the of the Congress? He fights the right fights if you're a conservative. Um, and clearly there is a scandal brewing here and the details are a little murky. But you know what's not murky is that the worst allegation being made against Gates right now is that he may have had a minor involved. If that's true, this is this is abhorrent. But he claimed he he swears there was never a minor involved in any of this. So the rest of it is a single guy, a 30-year-old single guy chasing some women. Um you can you can determine wh- whether or not you think that's appropriate. I don't care. However, on the same token, and this guy is all over the news everywhere right now because of this. On the same token, you've got Andrew Cuomo, who's got 10 accusers of, of people who are saying that he inappropriately touched them, uh, talked to them, proposed, uh, made propositions to them. And 
the media is almost silent about it. And then you have Eric Swalwell, who is a congressman, Democrat again, who was sleeping with a Chinese spy, had a Chinese spy as part of his congressional office and campaign work. And again, if you didn't listen to Fox News, you wouldn't even know any of that's happening. And he's still on the Intel Committee. Right. Bang, bang, fang, fang, the Chinese spy, and he doesn't even get removed from the Intel Committee. Comes out the, that Fang Fang uh, funded his campaign to get elected originally and helped him staff his office. And he's still on the Intel Committee. So, you know, it, it, again, again, the fix is in. They're trying really hard right now. Orange Man Bad was a fluke when he got in. It was supposed to be Hillary. Orange Man Bad screwed everything up. So that's why they had to go into overdrive, which lift, which pulled the curtain back. So we're able to see the man behind the curtain pulling the, pulling the levers. Oh, and Hey, how else do you explain all of these separate little, each little story, JV? Yes, it's like, oh, this is your, but you add them, you string them all together and it's like, what the hell's going on here? There is a lot of little different moving parts that are going on, people working independently, but in the same goal direction that is making some weird stuff happen. And poor Gates, I mean, he's dangerous because he's young, good looking, articulate, aggressive, and has his con has his convictions. Uh, just like uh, Marjorie Tal uh, Green uh, in Florida, Marjorie, Major, Major, whatever the hell her name is, MTG, she's also dangerous because she's young and good looking, but very, very confident in her convictions, which makes them dangerous because it means you can't bribe them, you can't, can't bend them, so they got to take them out. <laughs> and what better way than a sex scandal? Except the reality is, if this was a minor and the DOJ was investigating, he would already be under arrest. It's not. This that the investigation didn't go anywhere. There's bribery. There's all kind that stuff that books are made of. And I hope this is turned into a movie. I hope he sells this story for big money. But the reality is, he was a good-looking guy uh, in a power. He was a congressman, powerful position, and uh, he liked women. And I, you know, it is what it is. But I, I think the smear job is in because that's the way it works now. You can't get him in court. Just smear the hell out of him and ruin his career because there are enough idiots in civ in civilian world that will believe it. He swear he says he's not going to resign. He says these allegations are false. Um, there's some extortion involved, which involves a formal, former DOJ member, a $25 million extortion plot to get money from his family. Uh, this, is going to, this is going to reveal itself over the next couple of weeks, I would assume. And these details are going to, are going to get ugly. Um, I would suspect, though, how, regardless of what happens to Gates, JR, we're still not going to hear a lot about Swalwell. In fact, that whole thing seems to have just completely disappeared despite what happened. And and Cuomo, he's just, hey, you know what? Lock the doors and wait till the crowd goes away. He's up to double figures. And, uh, you know, he could get to triple figures. And I, I think he's, that, that story is over until uh, the committee that's looking at, you know, the validity of these things makes a decision. And if they come out against him, I think, I think then he will be done. I really do. I think there's enough Democrats, as I said before. He he's actually brought bipartisanship. <laughs> he he, uh, <laughs> where no one else could. And I I think uh, you know they're just waiting for that cover to basically uh, pull the plug on him. And I I, I truly think that's going to happen. But well, that's it. that's that's yesterday. Do you, do you think just quickly? Do you think uh, Cuomo um, has to resign, or he just finishes the term, doesn't run again? I think this committee is going to make their decision in a matter of uh, 
weeks, I got to believe. So I, I don't think he can fulfill his term. I think whatever, unless that committee says, uh, you know, it's not, you know, they're, through their investigation, these claims are, you know, nebulous and unwarranted and, and not provable in court or whatever they determine. But yeah. uh, assuming, I, I mean, there's 10 of them. And if there's 10 of them, there's probably 50 of them. And I, I just I just think uh, the pressure is going to be such that he, he's going to have to resign. There, there'll be enough that uh, agree with the commission if they come out with a guilty assessment that uh, um, it'll be time for Andrew to go. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've seen the, you know, the, the, the signs around, but uh, uh, make Andrew go away is the new uh, MAGA <laughs> sign. All right. Well, so, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Countryside here. We'll see how this plays out. We're out of time here. I know, Britt, you wanted to talk about something else. I got 30 else. seconds. Give me 30, give me 30 you, seconds. You got 20. You got 20. Hurry up. Okay. Okay. I'll talk really fast when you yell at me. Talk about okay. So, uh, so Cuomo is dodging the cancel culture. But the good thing is, is that the people of the citizens of this great United States are seeing it. And now 64% of Americans see cancel culture as a threat to their freedom, to our freedom. So we're getting it as civilians. We are seeing what's going on with all, with all the canceling going on, who's not getting canceled, who's getting canceled. And we are, uh, we are, uh, we're, we're waking up to it finally. Okay, okay, so uh, we're out of time. I, I wanted to say a couple things. First of all, remember to subscribe to the program, please. And also share it. Share it on your social media. Let people know that we have this. We are live at this point, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, but we may be changing that to 10 p.m. Eastern. So pay attention to what's going on. If you're listening to the podcast version, the live version is found on the YouTube channel. It's The Independence Gang on YouTube. We are also now on Facebook. You can find us there, even though we won't spend a whole lot of time there because, hey, it's Facebook. Um, but other than that, <laughs> we appreciate Scotty being with us. Appreciate JR being with us. We have a couple of guests that revolve through all the time. Britt and I have to now go get ready for another program that you can find if you're interested. It's not political at all, but it's called Booze, Brews. Yeah, it's called Booze, Brews, and Bros. It is also here on YouTube. Yeah. JR, thanks for being with us tonight. Everybody, have a great night. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.